Hello, everyone, and welcome to another week of Sports Talk with the Views from the 573 Podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this week's show. We got a bunch to get to. We got we had a little bit of an audio problem. Me and Peter recorded last night. The audio on my end wasn't working, so you're going to hear bits of audio from Peter on some of the topics that we discuss on this week's show. Again, th- thank you guys so much for tuning in. This week's show is sponsored by Anchor. As, as they always do each and every week, thank you to them for sponsoring the show as well as the entertainment from the 573 podcast, which I did a couple solo episodes last week talking about everything from Ad Astra to It Chapter 2 to Joker expectations, which is finally Joker week, everybody. Let's get hyped. Uh, and then I did another solo pod on talk, talking about stuff, uh, news on the Batman film on Matt Reeves' Batman film, and the fact Feige's developing a Star Wars film. And, of course, Sony and Disney decided to play nice the very day that I dropped that episode, and they come to agreement with Spider-Man, and he's coming back to the MCU. So that's going to be discussed a little bit later on with entertainment down the line. You can expect a Joker reaction out of, uh, out of the entertainment channel in a couple weeks. We also might get a new Star Wars trailer, so be on the lookout for that as well. Those are those things are coming along pretty quickly. Uh, that being said, go find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you guys get your podcasts. Go check out the YouTube channel as well. And it's just going to be me doing this one along with some audio clips from Peter talking about some of the subjects. So what are some of the topics that we're going to be discussing this week? Well, a few of them, of course, are NFL college football stuff. we got to talk about that, what happened this past week in both of those. We also got some big college stuff to talk about with this new bill, SB 206, that was just signed by the California governor. We've talked about this a couple times on the show. It's officially signed. It won't go into effect for a few years. So you'll ha- you'll hear some thoughts on from Peter and from myself. We'll also get some NHL predictions. It's that time of year, the time I'm recording it. Tonight's opening night, the Blues are opening things up with against the Capitals, the past two Stanley Cup champions. They're going to be playing tonight. And then we got to talk about the MLB playoffs. Of course, we had a play-in game last night with the Nationals and Brewers. And just a little side note, the Nationals were losing that game, and I was wondering if I was going to make a disclaimer saying, hey, the Nationals lost, so Peter's predictions kind of fell flat there. But uh, no, the Nationals ended up winning last night 4-3 to late, so... His predictions are still good to go, so you're going to hear a little bit about his predictions and my predictions as well, and that's where we'll start off, of course. The the MLB playoffs, MLB season is over, and we got some interesting matchups, of course. We got we still have the play-in game tonight with the Rays and the Athletics. That's to find out who is going to be playing the Houston Astros, which the Astros are, of course, Huge favorites to win the World Series. I believe looking at it, and they have the best odds to win the World Series, to win the whole thing. Uh, Justin Verlander, Garrett Cole, their two top pitchers have been on an absolute tear the last couple months. And it's very, it's going to be very hard for either one of those teams to find a way to make it through. I mentioned to Peter last night, these two playing games are basically saying, oh, hey, who's going to get to lose to the Dodgers and Astros, the two best teams in baseball this year? So, it's kind of like that. Uh, I see the Astros winning this one. Peter does as well. But he'll get into more of that when he talks about his. 
And I'm looking at the matchups, the the one that everybody's keyed in on here is Cardinals at Braves. That's the big one. That series gets started tomorrow night. Atlanta, it's going to be host. It's going to have home field advantage during this series. Of course, the first the first series of the MLB is a best of five, and it won't get best of seven till the next round. And the Cardinals have Miles Michaelis pitching in this first game at Atlanta. So this is going to be very important for Atlanta and for St. Louis to get things start off on the right foot. Hopefully the Cardinals do get things on the right foot. I have them winning this series against the Braves. And I think if they do it, I think they win it at home. I think they don't make it go five. It, it does go five. I see Atlanta winning it, but I see St. Louis winning this series and moving on to the next round to play the winner of the Dodgers and who and the Nationals. I'm, I'm thinking the Dodgers. Listen, they're the best. They're the best team in the NL for a reason. And Peter brought up some points of like, had Dodgers really played anybody? Of course, the division has been lackluster, but the Dodgers are one are the best team in the NL for a reason. So I am going with the Dodgers to win that series in the NL. I have Dodgers Cardinals. You know what, guys? Give me the Cardinals. The Cardinals will make it to the World Series. And then taking a look at the AL, of course, you have the Astros still waiting on tonight's game. You have Yankees and Twins. And the Yankees, Peter said it best, they're they're a cheat code this year. They're getting everybody back that was injured this year. Like Stan, Judge, they're all healthy now. So they're back at it. And they're looking good to go to make a run here. So, Yankees, they have home field advantage. The Yankees, Peter said best, they're a cheat coach. So, the Yankees move on. Astros move on. So, Yankees and Astros. The Astros, the Yankees are good. This series will be fun if it happens. I think it will go six or seven. But I I see the Astros prevailing in that one. And then... The last one, am I going to pick the Cardinals to beat the Astros? No. I think the Astros will win that series. They'll win another World Series title. I believe Peter said it. At, they would have won two out of three years. So the Astros, I think, will win the World Series over the Cardinals. As much as I would like the Cardinals to win, as much as I would like to see it and a bunch of other people around the area to see it, I think the Astros are just the better team and – I think they're just going to win another World Series. Again, the Astros are the favorite. The Dodgers are behind them. The Cardinals are actually the seventh favorite in looking at the Vegas odds. The Brewers, of course, they're knocked out. Rays, Athletics, they're they're bottom tier. They're 9-8. and So you had the Cardinals at 7. Actually, the A's are tied with the Cardinals right now for 7. And then you had the Nationals, Twins, Braves, Yankees, Dodgers, and the Astros. So it's not too far off, and Peter said it best. It wouldn't be surprised if our favorite somehow got knocked out uh, pretty early, and it ended up being somebody wild like I don't know, like the uh, the Rays finding a way to win the World Series or something like that. I don't know. It it's some weird thing, but those are my World Series predictions. Hopefully, we get a good playoff run. This is the only time I really watch baseball at all. But it's always a fun time, especially if the Cardinals are in it. The first time since 2015 that they've been in the postseason. So I'm excited to see 
what this postseason has to offer. Now, let's listen to Peter as he makes his predictions. And also, he's going to talk a little bit about Black Monday. Of course, that's a term a lot of people associate with the NFL, with coaches being fired the day after the season. It's also a term associated with the MLB, with managers being fired after the season. So Peter's going to talk a little bit about that, along with some of his predictions for the playoffs. We have to talk about what happens after every baseball season. Black Monday! Firings all around, kids. <laughs> uh, for Matt Mormon's Angels, they fired their manager after one season because they thought they'd be competitive. That was cute. That was really cute. <laughs> Ryan, you want to hear a joke? Mike Trout wins a playoff game. <laughs> But anyway, they probably the Angels probably did that because of a big firing that happened, which we all expected, but even when it happened, we're like, Jesus Christ, Chicago, what's wrong with you? The Chicago Cubs canned Joe Madden after a rather historic collapse in September. <laughs> but this is a collapse that's been brewing for a while. I mean, after they won the World Series, that team just stopped giving any cares. And we saw that last year with that uh, September collapse, and this whole season was just... <laughs> One tragedy after another that almost ended in an undeserved playoff berth, but thankfully the, the baseball gods were like, nah, no more chances, guys. You suck. Uh, Theo Epstein was really kind to Joe Madden. He kept, I mean, let's be real. Joe Madden's one of the better managers in baseball. There's no doubt about that. He's a future Hall of Famer. We all know that. It's just that the uh, personality between Theo and Madden just never clicked. It's very clear. It It was fine for a while because they had the rather unlimited funds with, you know, being one of the big market teams. A pretty good uh, scouting department, sabermetrics. So, yeah, eventually they were going to win a World Series, but after that, I mean, <laughs> I just don't know what happened between those two. But Joe Madden, the, uh, the odds are now saying he'll go to the Angels. It's not 100%, but it's maybe the favorite. Uh, the Cubs, apparently David Ross, one of their former... Uh, Former players uh, during the 2016 team expressed interest in uh, joining the squad as the manager, so we'll see where that goes. And my Pirates finally fired Clint Hurdle. And if you saw on Twitter initially, I was happy about it, but I've since deleted those tweets because I thought this was the beginning of Bob Nutting coming to his senses and just doing a mass exodus. Just get rid of Huntington, get rid of Hurdle, get rid of a lot of the underachievers. But no, Neil Huntington is still there. Uh, here's the thing. I, I like Clint Hurdle. He was the guy who <laughs> took over in 2011 and somehow got that team on a good track for a bit. But the last couple years, especially when they started collapsing again, he's shown that he can do good with pretty much nothing. No support. No good players. No money. Because, you know, Bob Nunning's a cheapskate. But he just keeps collapsing, you know, in September or after the All-Star break with these players. So he had to go, but this idea from Pirates management that he was the only problem is not true. He had to go, but so did Neil Huntington should have been the first to go. That man is just maybe the worst GM in the history of baseball. I'm not even saying baseball now, just overall history. That man is brutally incompetent. So... Uh, good luck, Pirates. No one's going to want that job, especially Bob Nutt and Clint Hurdle. So, uh, best best, of, best endeavors. Uh, my also favorite part of uh, the Bob Nutting uh, press release about firing Hurdle was he 
basically said, yeah, we're still rebuilding. It's like, thanks, Bob. I, I didn't figure that out after 22 years of cheering for this trash heap. What really got me was, uh, for the longest time, they were part. there was, you know, of course, Fox, Fox Sports Pittsburgh. Then it got taken over by Root Sports. But after the uh, Disney Fox buyout, uh, Disney had to give up a lot of the Fox Sports stuff because, you know, you can't have too much control of the sports uh, TV market. So AT&T Sports under Time Warmer, Warner came in to uh, pick up what was uh, Root Sports, FSN, uh, Pittsburgh. So I don't know if maybe there was pressure from a, you know, more big company that would step in and be like, yo, we're not going to give you TV money if you're just putting on garbage performance. So... I don't know. Maybe there is something behind the scenes that might get this team going. Firing firing your manager in any regards is kind of a signal that maybe you want to change something. Because they could have fired him, you know, two years ago. And I would have been like, yeah, that's probably the right call. <laughs> so I don't know. It's going to be really interesting to see what's going on in uh, Pirates baseball. Not from a team standpoint, you know, performance-wise. God, no, never. <laughs> but hey, <laughs> who knows? Something could happen. Probably not. So yeah, that's Black Monday, pretty much. There may have been another firing. I don't care. Those are the big ones in my book. <laughs> but now the playoff bracket is set for the AL and the NL. Ryan, I'd say let's say the NL for last, because that's where the big team that uh, concerns our 573 area cares about. So let's get rid of the, the side no one cares about. <laughs> so I so we got Twins versus Yankees, and Houston will face the winner of the AL wildcard, the Rays or the Athletics. Uh, give me the A's in the wild card first off. I just think they're building something better. That's no disrespect to the Rays. They've done a fantastic job being just that team that just gets no respect. Their own city doesn't give a, a, a care about them. But the A's, they got a better long-term strat. They got a new stadium, sounds like, coming in the coming years. So you know what? A's get rolling here, but they're going to lose to the Astros. No doubt about it. And meanwhile, the Twins and the Yankees, this one might be subtly closer than people would expect, I would say. But you gotta give it to the Yankees. They got all, they, they got cheat codes, basically. Twins, they did a good job. Cleveland, uh, we hardly knew you. <laughs> Have fun going back to uh, Cavaliers territory. And in that, and in that, they suck. So that gives us a AL championship of Yankees-Houston. Give me Houston in this. Because I think that... They're not going to get Garrett Cole back next year. He's going to probably sign a ridiculous contract with the Yankees. I heard the Angels uh, were a candidate there. So that'd be, that'd be really interesting. Uh, Mike Trout, Joe Madden, and Garrett Cole. I mean, they might actually make the playoffs. It's 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 unprecedented. To <laughs> Mike Trout might have more playoff wins than Andrew McCutcheon. <laughs> Yankees, again, they're always going to be good. They're always going to be in the hunt. But I think this might be this great Houston squad's last hoorah, which I kind of said at the beginning of the season. I forget who my pick was. I think my World Series pick was Braves-Astros with the Astros winning. So at least I at least I was right about the two teams that were in here. Everybody else, though, I, I probably, probably disastrously wrong. <laughs> yeah, and even with those Yankee bats, I think if you win one, you did good, but... Here's the thing, the rest of the uh, rotation for Houston can easily keep you in there. They're probably not going to, you know, do anything crazy like sweeping the Yankees. That will not happen. I would be amazed by that. But they can get the series going to the point where you will have to do those two guys again at one point. So, yeah, I think Houston just has the stronger chance here. Usually never goes, ag 
good for us when we're picking the favorite. Usually it's something weird, like the Twins winning it all. <laughs> On the NL side, sounds like we're in agreement here. Uh, Houston gets the AL. I think Matt picked them, but I don't really care about his opinions at this point. <laughs> Yeah, the NL wildcard will be the Brewers and Nationals. Give me the Nationals here. They have been a pleasant, pleasant surprise this year, especially down the stretch. They have really, they stuck it to Bryce Harper, and I love that. So I support them in their endeavors here. But yeah, they, they are just really hot. I mean, sure, Max Rosa is just maybe the one of the best pitchers in baseball at this point. It's ridiculous. I actually had the Nationals beating the Dodgers in the NLDS. My reason is the Dodgers, they just have had to face nobody. The NL West sucks, okay? Let's just be real. The Padres did not do anything. The Rockies are rebuilding. San Fran collapsed. Arizona tried. They tried their hardest, but it was just never going to work out. This is just a team that just kind of gotten a pass. I mean, at least the Yankees had the Rays. You had the Sox coming on at the end. And, you know, Twins, yeah, you had Cleveland, the perennial favorite to win that outright to contend with. So, you know, a lot of those AL teams actually had to, you know, try to win. Dodgers, though, they've just gotten lucky. I don't think they're ready for this national squad who have had to bust, you know, bust their behind to get here. And similar to the other NLDS game, the Cardinals and Braves, I think the Cards beat the Braves. I'm going to go against my World Series pick. And my reason is what Mike Schilt, their uh, manager, said in the uh, clubhouse when they celebrated the Central. Was that no team that they're going to face has has the heart and fire as they do. And I agree with that. Because they had to fight their way here. Braves, again. Sure, the NL East, the NL East was much more interesting. But the Phillies, Braves, and Nationals were never going to be a real threat for them. Braves, I don't think they're ready for the Cardinals. And I think the Cardinals are hot. I mean, they got a perennial Cy, potential Cy Young candidate in the future and Jack Flaherty pitching for them. They'll have a... It looks like they're going to have Miles Michaelis for Game 1, which, as long as the bats are doing good and, you know, Goldschmidt's coming on here well, uh, Harrison Bader, for a guy that got sent down to the minors this year, he's really coming on as, you know, in the later uh, portion of the at-bat. Fowler, I really need him to do a little more. He's striking out too much. Ozuna, doing fine. So there's a lot to work with there. So I'm going to give the Cards the edge. And we're going to have the most unexpected NLCS matchup of Cardinals-Nationals. I do think the Nationals will beat the Cardinals. Because I think the pitching and batting will be better than what the Cards can do. So I think the Nationals make it to the World Series. But the Nationals... I think they got a little hotter because, again, the Cardinals had pretty much two teams to contend with. The Nationals had the entire NL East minus the Marlins to contend with all September long. So I think just that battle hardening gives them a slight edge. I could see the Cardinals doing it. This feels like a Cardinals team that would shock the world in stupid fashion. <laughs> so I have a prediction of Houston Nationals in the World Series, and I think Houston wins. Uh, Nationals are great, but Houston just too strong. Verlander and Cole, you can't really compete with that. Schwarzer will try his darnest, but at, in the end, Houston just too strong. Last two raw, two World Series in three years. Good job. I think Houston wins World Series. I mean, it's probably weird to have somebody who's saying the NLCS will not be Braves Dodgers, 
But yeah, I just think that those two teams, they got easy. They got off easy this season, and I don't think they're going to know what to expect between the Cards and Nationals. Now, if the Brewers somehow beat the Nationals, then the Dodgers easily win that series and probably make it to the World Series, regardless if they face Braves Cardinals. And the same result in that scenario. <laughs> so, with that be- so with that being said, so let's move on to the NHL. And, this, of course, this is going to be a Peter heavy topic so he's gonna have a bunch of audio talking about the nhl and of course it's not a playoff or it's not a preview or predictions uh for for one of these leagues unless you have a stupid peter playoff and that's what we're getting here mascots battling to the death he found a way to figure out how these mascots would fight one another and so of course in peter fashion he figures it out in the stupidest way possible so that's going to be in his audio, he's going to be talking about that. It's absolutely hilarious when he does this, so be geared up for that. As far as the NHL is concerned, you guys know I don't really keep up with it at all. Uh, the Blues, of course, they won. We talked a little bit about can they repeat. It's going to be hard to do it, and Peter mentioned it's especially hard in the NHL to try to do that. So I think it's going to be hard for the Blues to do it. The championship rings, we talked a little bit about that at the top. And so if you hear some of those comments talking about the rings, that's why the the St. Louis Blues Championships rings are absolutely awesome. I I hope there's a replica night where they just give away replica rings because they look awesome. The design of them is great. You have Gloria on there, so that that just makes it a whole lot better. But, yeah, the rings look awesome. So without further ado, here is Peter's thoughts on the NHL season. So so as we uh, prepare for one playoff, it's time to start predicting what one could look like come this spring and summer. And the NHL is coming here, kids. Puck drops uh, tomorrow night. We're recording Tuesday here. So, yeah, tomorrow, Wednesday the 2nd, will be uh, the Blues face off against the Capitals, the past two champions in uh, the Enterprise Center. So that'll be fun. I don't think the, I think this is the first where they've actually had like a artistic design, like the uh, the team celebrating on the side of it. Because I know there there's always been you know, like the logo, the, the the trophy, all that. You know, actual people on the side that was ridiculous. So and, and it's got all it's got the the best of. It's got glory on the bottom. You got that uh, the name of the one girl who kind of they rallied behind from St. Louis uh, Children's Hospital. Good, good, good ring overall. That's that's a, I'll be on the lookout for if they like a promotion to get like you know a replica ring because that'd be good to have. I don't know how much they can you know make it look just like that, but it's certainly nice. And I know people are gonna be like, it's too gaudy and unrealistic. You want a championship, but yeah, NHL season. We're not gonna dwell too much on this. Uh, because there's really only one team to talk about in this area, and that is the defending champion Blues. And the real piece of conversation is everyone is doubting them, or not not necessarily doubting them, but not giving them the odds on favor to repeat. Now, in fairness, repeating in the NHL was hard. You, of course, you had the Pens 16-17, but before that, I think it was Red Wings in like 98-99. And even before that, you know, it was the... The pens of the early 90s. There's a lot of parody in hockey right now. Even like five years ago, and everybody was saying, it's always the Kings, Bruins, 
Black Hawks. It's like, yeah, you just named three teams there. In college football, we're only talking about two. <laughs> and even then, those three teams you named had to fight for it. It wasn't handed to them like it is Clemson, Alabama. So I I think there's a lot to deal with, and which may explain why the Blues aren't the odds-on favorite. Uh, I do think they win the Central, though. And my prediction for them in the long run, I think it's going to be, and this will be a hint of my uh, prediction for the Stanley Cup, I think it's going to be like the 2011-2012 Cardinals situation, where the team that nobody expected won it will probably be good going into the playoffs. But in the end, I just feel like they're going to get exposed somewhere. Especially with all the West has to offer. So, I think Blues definitely stay good. I just don't see a repeat on the horizon. So, rapid-fire predictions from yours truly. Let's just start with the West. Central, Gimme Blues, Avalanche, and Jets. Pacific, Vegas, San Jose, Calgary, Wildcard, Dallas, Nashville. Uh, I think the Western Conference Final will be the Avalanche versus the Vegas Golden Knights. And I have Vegas winning that one, advancing to another Stanley Cup run. Out in the East, in the Atlantic, give me the uh, regular season champion, Tampa Bay Lightning, Toronto and Boston. In the Metro, give me the Caps, Hurricanes, and Devils. I think the moves they made and a competent coaching staff will get them uh, ahead a bit. And in the wild card, give me the team I... No, wait, I, I picked... Yeah, last year was Florida Jets, <laughs> which did not work out. I think the Panthers will make the wild card, though, and give me the Flyers of Philadelphia as the second wild card. I think Philly's got a lot uh, going right for them. They nearly made it last year. And you're probably thinking, Peter, where are the Pens in this? Uh, Pens miss it completely. <laughs> it's it's not even like you know they're in it last day and they just no Pens will not make it outright. <laughs> the uh, the loss of Kessel is going to hurt them. They got good returns, but it's going to take a while to develop. Uh, Latang is on. Latang's got a bad contract that can't be moved. Crosby and Malkin, while they're uh, still still good, I just don't think they're going to be enough. So Pens will not make it this year. Uh, in the Eastern Finals, what a shock! I have Tampa Bay making it to the Eastern Finals, not losing in the first round. I think they'll face the Hurricanes, and I think the Hurricanes of Carolina will make it to the Stanley Cup. So we have the. <laughs> non-snowy environments, Carolina versus Las Vegas in the Stanley Cup, and I think Vegas will get it done this time. Vegas will win the Stanley Cup. Will not happen. Now, that's all, that's all cute and all. Me thinking, oh, that team looks good, that team looks good. Stupid. Never works out. What does work out is me systematically putting these teams in alphabetical order and having them fight based off their mascots. <laughs> That's right, kids. We got another one of these stupid mascot tournaments for your entertainment. <laughs> we were going to do it next week because, you know, I like to have Matt's reaction to this because it's the more funny one. But Matt likes to be cute about, oh, James Washington didn't do anything this week. So you know what, Matt? Uh, you can listen to this at home and have no input. <laughs> now, I was super, super lazy with this because uh, I Googled, you know, of course, all the Eastern teams and Western teams. They did it by, you know, city and not by mascot. And I was like, I don't I don't care enough. We're just going to do, <laughs> do it like that. In the Eastern Conference, Bruins versus Sabres. A Sabre is a sword. A Bruin is a bear, but mostly in fables. Uh, 
maybe the maybe the bear steps on the saber and you know bleeds out and dies, or the bear just ignores it. I don't care. It's stupid. Disqualification on both. Nobody moves on. <laughs> Red Wings versus Panthers. I don't know what a Red Wing is, but a Panther probably kill it. So there we go. Panthers move on. Canadians and Senators. Now this is an interesting one because it kind of goes about how you picture a Canadian. Now, of course, you know, there's maple syrup, yay. I always picture a Mountie. So I got a horse, somebody in a big red coat and a big hat, probably got a weapon on them, facing off against a senator, which is the Canadian version because it's Ottawa. I don't know about you, but these Canadian politicians, man, they're just weird. They're doing blackface for some reason. So, you know what? Give me the Canadians to advance. Just, just based on not being a POS. Lightning versus maple leaves, uh, pretty easy. I feel like a lightning would destroy a, a maple leaf. Hurricanes versus blue jackets. What's a blue jacket? Who cares? It's a hurricane. It kills you. Hurricanes advance. Here's a fun one. Devils. Now, here's a fun matchup. Devils and Islanders. Now, that you're thinking, Peter, you had the Arizona State Sun Devils make it super far in your uh, March Madness mascot tournament, so... Ironically, you have to adhere. Not necessarily, because it's an they're Islanders, so they got the water around them, so they got that advantage to you know put the fire out. But also, these are the Islanders of New York State. New York State has some of the most stubborn people you will ever meet. Nothing phases them. They have you know these crazy opioid addicts on the streets all the time, which is basically what a devil is, and they're just dealing with it. So you know what? Give me an upset here. Give me the Islanders to beat the Devils. Moving on to the Rangers versus the Flyers. I, I was at the point, I was like, what is a Flyer or what is a Ranger? Because it's not the Texas Rangers, not something cool like that. No, it's a New York Ranger, which is probably some hipster trash. So already a disadvantage in my book. But you know who does represent the Flyers? Their mascot, Gritty. An abomination to all that is holy. It's basically the uh, Expos mascot, Yuppie. If he got a really serious heroin addiction. And I trust that in a fight. Gritty moves on. Not even the Flyers. Just Gritty. And to close out the first round of the East. It's Penguins versus Capitals. I had a lot of jokes here thinking about this. Obviously it's the government. It's got all the advantages. The military. The economy. Yada yada. But there's bureaucracy that never gets anything done. So you can almost imagine the pe a Penguin could just waddle in there. And just you know somehow destroy it but you know what the government does best it's killing the environment which is killing the ice caps which is killing our penguins so the government wins again they kill the penguins thanks to global warming holla that's round one there's a, probably a, so many people i just triggered there <laughs> uh bruins and sabers matchup was a disqualification so the panthers advance easily canadians versus lightning uh I don't really know what a Mountie's going to do up against Lightning, so uh, sorry about that. Canadians are nice, though. Really nice people. Uh, Hurricanes and Islanders. Uh, if Hurricane Sandy toss anything, uh, yeah, <laughs> Hurricane's going to win that matchup. And in the big matchup, it is Gritty versus the Capitals. Gritty versus the U.S. government. And if you follow the memes of Gritty, you know he's going to overthrow the state. Boy, Gritty wins! Moving on to the semifinal of the East, Panthers versus Lightning. Panthers are fast, I think. I don't know. I never had Zoo books as a kid, so whatever. 
Uh, lightning will win because it's lightning. Come on now. <laughs> Hurricanes versus Gritty. Well, in this scenario, Gritty runs the country, but it's in a very communistic style. So they're probably not ready for a hurricane hitting land. So I think the destruction is too much. People rise up, realizing, oh, wow, we let somebody from Philly take over. That's stupid. Hurricanes advance. <laughs> and in the Eastern Files, it is lightning versus hurricane. What's deadlier, a thunderstorm or a hurricane? Oh, you guessed it, a hurricane. Hurricanes win the East, no doubt about it. Is it stupid enough for you? Perfect, that's what I'm here for. In the West, Blackhawks versus Avalanche, as always, uh... Racism is disqualified in my book, but uh, People versus Avalanche, yeah, I'll, I'll take the Avalanche. Stars versus Wild. I didn't know how to play with this, so I thought, you know what, it's basically space versus nature. What's more likely to kill me right now? Probably nature, so the Wild win. Predators versus Blues. I'm going with the uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, version of the Predator. Which is unstoppable, so it will probably it will kill the Blues easily. Sorry, Blues fans, you lose here too. But he also got killed by an LA cop in the second movie, so we'll, I don't know what the odds are after that. So we'll see. Uh, Jets and Ducks. The logo of the Jets is basically a war fighter. So uh, <laughs> sorry, Ducks, you're getting tomahawked. Coyotes versus Flames. This one's just sad. There's, the Coyotes are just gonna burn alive. It's why did the NHL set me up like this. Oilers and Kings, it's the uh, proletariat rising up against the bourgeoisie, and the Oilers will win that. Who you got to fight? A person who sits on a throne all day or a big, girly man who works in oil field? I'll take the oil man all day long. Sharks and Canucks. Uh, basically, I, I think a Canuck is a dirty Canadian, but it's also a shark, so, you know, sharks win that one. And uh, there is a odd number of teams in the West until Seattle gets their team, so the Knights uh, get a bye. Good for them. Avalanche versus Wild. Wild again, if I'm going on the nature route, that's the trees and all that. Yo, an Avalanche will straight up destroy that stuff, so Avalanche, uh, move on. Predators versus Jets. I feel like the Predator has something that got shoot down that Jet, so the Predators advance. The Flames and Oilers. Now, <laughs> this one is kind of almost <laughs> the same thing fighting itself. Because, you know, if oil, there's an oil disaster, it's probably going to be Flames. But I think the Flames do more damage than the initial... Yeah, whatever. Flames advance. I don't care. <laughs> That's the thing about Peter Rules. When I'm doing this last second, it's, there's no time to think. It's just go for it. Sharks and Knights. This is a fun one. Because I've, we're going by knights, we're probably going by, you know, the medieval knights. So, they got the armor and all. But it's nothing like the armor we have now, you know? So, I think the shark will get a good bite in. But I think the knight can just stab it enough to kill a shark. So, give me the knights in that one. Probably an upset. Avalanche versus Predators. Let me tell you, I don't think the Predator has anything that can stop a mountain of snow moving towards you. Destroying everything in sight, which causes even more debris in it. Give me the avalanche. Flames versus knights, uh, pretty much a no contest. Uh, the, the knight burns alive. What can I say? That's how fireworks, kids. And in the final of the West, it's avalanche versus flames. Now here's the thing. How do you put out, how do you put out fire? And snow is basically water, and it's a giant freaking, basically mini hurricane 
moving down the mountain. So I think the av I think the avalanche it's gonna be hindered. It's gonna be weakened a bit, but it's gonna put those flames out. So we get to the battle of nature to decide the Stanley Cup champion. Ryan Hurricanes versus Avalanche. Now here's how I decided this. What's more likely to kill me right here, right now? Well, here's the thing. You can see a hurricane coming. It forms and it takes forever to get to land. If you're a smart human being, you'll realize, oh, I'm in the hurricane's path and I'm in a flood area. I'm going to get out of here. Hurricane can't kill me then. But Ryan Avalanche, it just happened. You never know. Even when there's tons of snow, it could just stay there. Or at any moment, some branch falls and that just, that just kills it. The avalanche kills you. You don't know when it's coming. And that's what I like about avalanches, Ryan. You don't know it. That's how you win these fights. The Colorado Avalanche, therefore, will win the Stanley Cup. Good job, guys. All right, guys. Now let's move on to this big thing. This SB206 law signed by California Governor Gavin Newsom on Monday. This officially happened. Happened. On where would you guess it? Not in an office, but on LeBron's show, The Shop. Because of course it does. This is something LeBron has been championing for for a while now since it's been talked about. A lot of other athletes have come out and said, hey, this is good for us, like Richard Sherman, Draymond Green. He had some others there with the Danny Taurasi, Ed O'Bannon, who, if you remember, he had a lawsuit against the NCAA for player likeness. So... He was there to see and witness this happening. But this law is officially signed on Monday. But it's not going to take effect until 2023 in January. So this gives states and the NCAA a lot of time to try to figure out how to handle this and where to go forward next. In California, they were the first thing to do this. Matt brought it to our attention that Florida is actually working on getting a, a law similar to this ratified next year. And several other states are moving on this, including Pennsylvania, Minnesota. They've announced plans to put forth similar bills, according to ESPN. But I, I also pointed this out to Peter There's and to you guys. There's probably, you're probably going to see other states like Texas, Georgia, and Alabama some of those states. Why? Well, because Texas and Georgia, they're a couple of the biggest states there are, and they produce a lot of the professional talent, regardless of whether it's college football, basketball, or whatever, whatever, golf, tennis, whatever. And with Alabama, of course, Alabama football is all they got really down there. So, of course, they would it would make sense for that state to try to figure a way to get this Thing going in their state as well and I think you're going to see a lot of other states follow suit it's titled the fair play uh, fair pay to play act which would allow collegiate athletes in California to earn endorsement money and both the Pac-12 and NCAA issued statements in opposition to the bill and the article I'm reading right now uh, Big Ten Commissioner Jim Delaney who is going to retire at the end of the year who, who came out and said that he, he didn't agree with this. He, he said, quote, to, to me, the hour limit is the cost of college. Once we're beyond the cost of college, we're in pay for play. Uh, and, and, it's to, and it's a totally different game, end quote. And one of the things I brought up to Peter's attention is the fact, of course, 
the last decade in college football has been so heavily dealt with conference realignment and with the playoff system, moving on from the BCS system to the playoff system. And Peter made some uh, made a couple comments about that. I mentioned those were going to be the forefront, and those issues were going to be at the forefront of this past decade. Well, I think there'll still be some talk about maybe changing up the playoff system just a little bit going into, into in the 2020s. I think this issue will be the main issue at the forefront of this next decade of the of college football and the NCAA entirely, all the sports involved. And how is this going to work with all those sports, especially when you get got the big money makers in college basketball and college football? So this I'm I love this. I I'm in agreement with what Peter he said he likes the fact that it's endorsements instead of pay for play. I, I really like this. I'm interested to see how this moves forward with as far as players getting paid for their own likeness and stuff. I don't know if it's going to lead to another NCAA football game. Boy, I wish it would. But regardless, this is a nice first step. So Peter had some comments on this whole thing. They were talking about pretty he, He's working at ESPN Radio in St. Louis. They were talking about it pretty much all during his night shift. So he got to take in this issue a, a whole lot more as that as people on the air were talking about it. So here are some of his thoughts on this bill officially being signed. So the big thing is, I think when we first started hearing about this, we were thinking, oh, this is the schools directly paying the players if they were given the option. That's mm-hmm. not that's not at all. This is basically giving these college kids the chance to hire agents and make money from endorsements. So realistically the college side kind of isn't affected at all it's not you know you give these kids scholarships and stipends and now payment it's just you're giving them the scholarship and stipend and on the side they can you know uh pimp their skills for gatorade or whatever so that's what this is but it still affects the business model of the ncaa because you know from their point of view, and I put that in quotes and say with all the snark there is, they want to make an equal playing field. That's that's fine and dandy and all, but let's be real, Ryan. Every school's cheating in some way behind the scenes. About say, yeah, your your school's trying to be honest and look how that's working out, or like or like how your football program is. They are cheating, but they're just incompetent at it. <laughs> so yeah, but basically, this law that that's pretty much the big thing. The players have the option to sign endorsement deals, which I actually like more than the idea of schools having the option to pay the players. Because if that wouldn't affect... Because the Pac-12 and the NCAA were very against this. Which makes sense from a Pac-12 standpoint because, you know, the majority of your good schools in that conference, if you could call it a good conference, are in California. At least the big money makers. Because Washington and Arizona's are good and all, but, you know... It's Washington and Arizona. And I think what I like about this more is, is that you would eventually run into the problem of, okay, we're paying the football players and basketball players, but why aren't we paying the tennis players? Because they make no money and nobody watches them. But that's not a good reason. Yes, it is. That, that's how that's how the economy works. So I love this more. You, As of now, that is not a concern yet. We don't have to worry about somebody whining, they're not paying the track and field players. Uh... Listen, if they're getting, you know, tens of millions of views during their events, yeah, it'll come. But it's not. <laughs> so I think for this, it's not in the colleges. It's on the uh, it's on the open market. 
I love it. Now, of course, this doesn't go into effect till 2023, which is going to give uh, tons of chances to uh, figure this out from the NCA standpoint, or they just say, okay, California teams, you're not playing football or college sports in general, because uh, this isn't just football. This is the whole shebang. Which kind of gets overlooked because we're always talking about paying athletes in terms of uh, college football. But this is affecting everything. Basketball, baseball, track and field, tennis, hockey. Even if you have no idea your school has some of those sports, it's going to affect it. So this does raise a couple of questions. The only one I really was interested in, especially for these, you know, kids coming out of uh, high school and signing these big deals. What if you're in a situation like Jalen Hurts, where you have an endorsement deal of, let's just say, Gatorade or something, and then, well, you, you screw up in the championship and Tua comes in and takes your job. Does that give Gatorade the option to take that money back or, you know, try to get all the money back or something like that? So that, that was my only concern, but again, we got uh, four years now, so I feel like they can get it fixed a bit, I hope. It's California. They're pretty reactionary and don't think things through, so there's a possibility there. But I think even all those things people are bringing up, like, you already pay these players. It's like, shut up. It's a college, edu it's a college education 2019. It's worthless. <laughs> not, not little states, big ones. Texas, so all those football teams. Florida's talking about it. Football team, big football teams, they're not really good, but football teams nonetheless. <laughs> and any state will absolutely sign off on this because... The cynical reason is they can tax these kids now. If you're getting an endorsement, not all that money goes to you. You're going to have to give some of it to Uncle Sam. So, yeah, from a state standpoint, this is great. You got these, you know, public schools making a bunch of money from football. And now you got the athletes getting paid to, so, you know, advertise something. And now they can give a percentage of that money to the state as well. It's, it's super win-win. And especially with, you know... The whole conference realignment, that's kind of stopped, really. I think everyone's kind of in their conference right now. They're fine with it. Everyone's got a championship game, even if they deserve it or not. Look at you, Big 12. <laughs> Poor Big 10 had to fight for years to get a 12th team, but the moment you guys lose your two teams, oh, you can still keep your championship. Screw you, NCAA. This is why I'll never favor you in anything. Also, screw Tim Tebow. It's like, these players, they don't think, they don't care about their university. They don't care about their team. It's like, they don't have to. It's college. You're here to get your future job. Sure, it's great to be involved in it and care about it a little bit, but at the end of the day, these players in three or four, two years will be gone. That's how it goes. And some of them need the money. I'm fine with that. I hate to say it, but I agree with Des Bryant for once. And that Tim T was an idiot and doesn't know what he's talking about. You grew up in a suburb, T, but you don't know what you're talking about. What a world we live in. And I agree with California for once. Usually whenever they do anything, I'm just like, screw this state. What, what is this world? Maybe I'll stop being a Pirates fan soon. Just finally realize it's not worth it. All right, everybody. So there were, were Peter's thoughts on... That and that's gonna be last year. You're gonna hear of Peter on this week's show. So thank you to Peter for him and me for trying to figure out how this audio thing was gonna work. So uh, shout out to him. You can go find him at the actual Peter on Twitter. Also, guys, keep him in your thoughts. He's gonna be down in Orlando. So if you guys know Peter, it's gonna get crazy. So 
expect crazy Snapchat stories and crazy stuff to appear on Twitter, probably. Yeah, I, I don't know. Who, who knows what to expect? It's Peter. You never know what to expect. All right. Now, let's move on to some college football talk and staying with the NCAA. So, we had some games happen last week, guys. The Peter game of the week, of course, that was number 12 Penn State at Maryland. Uh, Penn State killed them. Uh, Maryland, their no touchdown streak against Penn State continues. 59 to nothing. Way to show up, Maryland. Apparently, they were playing at this big thing, a blackout. They canceled classes, and what happens? Uh, nothing. Uh, score zero against Penn State. So, Penn State wins that one. We get that one right. Herm Edwards redeems himself in the Matt game of the week. They go on the road at number 15, Cal, who's now unranked. They go on to win 24-17. to Cal's starting quarterback got knocked out in that game. So, Cal's backup quarterback was not that good, guys. I watched some of the games like, oh, man, this guy sucks. So, Herm prevails once again. And Herm has a bye week, so no Arizona State game this week. So, you guys, I'm feeling really confident Herm is going to win the bye week this week. I don't know. It's just feeling he he's just going to win this bye week, and he's going to win at life. That's what Herm Edwards does. Then the Murray State UT game. I had this as a right game of the week since Tennessee was on a mercifully, they were mercifully on a bye week. I'm so glad you guys are going to get to witness a live murder on primetime TV on ESPN Saturday. <laughs> How about that? You guys wear black, all right? Please do. You're going to be at a live funeral on Saturday night, so be sure to wear black, everybody. But UT Martin at Murray State, an OVC matchup. UT Martin beats Murray State 40-7. to And then the rounding game of the week, SEMO had a bye week this week. They're going to be back this week. So we had Jacksonville State at Austin P. We thought, yeah, Jacksonville State's probably going to win this. Jacksonville State is the class of the OVC. Oh, no, Jacksonville State got murdered. At one point, it was like 52 to 14 or something, or maybe 21, maybe. But Jacksonville State, they scored 19 points in the fourth quarter to make the final score 52 to 33. And Austin P. there's been some talk about Austin P. about them recruiting and getting some of these transfers in. And Austin P. they come out with a surprise blowout over Jacksonville State, so that's going to be interesting to keep a watch out for OVC as far as what SEMO can do in the OVC going forward. Next, the Ivy League game of the week, Brown at Harvard. Me and Peter both went with Harvard on this one. Matt went with the Brown. Oh, went with Brown, or he, as he put, the Browns. So no, the Browns are not playing the Ivy League. So Harvard wins that one. Central Michigan. At Western Michigan. Western Michigan has done pretty well to start out the season. They won this one against Central Michigan. so And we got that one right. Iowa State and Baylor, the Big 12 matchup. Baylor wins this one 23-21. It was a nail-biter. It was a crazy game and a hinge on the fact whether Baylor's kicker could make a field goal. And I believe he was a freshman kicker too. So talk about your nerves being rattled there. I believe he missed one earlier and he was upset about so he comes back, he kicks the field goal and wins the game. We all went with Iowa State there, so Baylor wins that one. The next one, another, another Big 12 matchup, Kansas at TCU. Les Miles is eating that grass in Texas. Texas and uh, Christian University, 
TCU, they beat the crap out of Kansas. Uh, Kansas just got massacred by TCU. So moving on. And then the next game. This was the surprise of the day by far. Number one, Clemson at North Carolina. Of course, we all went with Clemson because Clemson is one of the best things in the country. They haven't won next to their name. So they don't anymore. Alabama now has a one next to their name, which surprise, surprise. But you expect Clemson, okay, this is a game against North Carolina. They started off pretty decent. They've had some struggles, so expect Clemson to roll them at home. Not at all. North Carolina actually came out and took the early lead. And this was a barn burner late until Clemson scored, got up 21-14. to North Carolina led by freshman quarterback Sam Howell, who I'm impressed by. You see, you're seeing a lot of freshman quarterbacks in the NCAA. They are not blinded by the lights so much, and they, you're able to put them in and be able to trust them a little bit more than you would, say, five, ten years ago. He did well. North Carolina goes down, scores, and they go for two. I love the play call. I love being aggressive. You have nothing to lose if you're North Carolina. You can beat the number one team in the country at home, get a big win, led by your freshman quarterback, led by Mac Brown, who, of course, led his fair share of great teams at Texas. They go for two. I love it. I hate the play call. It's it sort of an option pitch. It, it failed miserably. I hate the call. They went with something else. I don't know what they could have gone with. But Clemson, they're just too fast for that. They expected it. And North Carolina lose that game. I believe they also had a chance to get the onside kick as well. And that didn't go their way. So Clemson wins that one. And Nelbiter 21-20. to As I mentioned, they fell down to number two. Where Georgia is still at three. And Alabama is still at number one. Moving on, number seven, Auburn and Mississippi State. Bo Nix has looked pretty solid as another freshman quarterback. Starting for Auburn, and Auburn completely thrashed Mississippi State. This one was not even close. This one was over by halftime, pretty much. Looking at, it was 42-7, to basically, at halftime. Auburn, uh, Mississippi State got some points up late. But Auburn prevailed 56-23 in an SEC matchup. And Mississippi State had their backup quarterback come in. If you guys don't know who I'm talking about, the guy that got helicoptered. If you know what I'm talking about, yeah, that guy. Uh, he came in. Uh, it didn't matter. Auburn's defense, they look really awesome as well. And I'm excited to see some of this matchup between Auburn and Florida this week. Something we'll talk a little bit about later. Moving on, we got number 24, Kansas State at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State was a little bit of a favorite in this one, if I recall. And I went against the grain. Kansas State, partly because they had a number next to their name, but partly because they had a decent start to their season, and they looked pretty good. Oklahoma State, they win this one. And Oklahoma State could be an interesting team to watch with the Big 12, see if they could make some noise and upset some teams. Moving on. A game that was supposed to be a, a good game, I guess, according to College Game Day. Number five, Ohio State and Nebraska. Yeah, Nebraska got massacred. Talk about another team that wasted, uh, what, a big cele- celebratory crowd, I believe, like a red out or something. And Ohio State completely thrashed Nebraska 48-7. to This game, this is another that was pretty much over by halftime. Justin Fields, I mean... Dude looks great. 
At some point, you maybe got a question. Jake Fromm is good, but Justin Fields has looked really awesome. And you had to question, like, did Georgia make the right decision here? Uh, who knows? Who really knows? But Justin Fields looks awesome. Ohio State looks awesome as a whole team. Looks like they have not missed a step, missed a step since Urban left and Ryan Day has stepped in as the head coach. So Ohio State rolls in that one over Nebraska 48-7. Of course, we went with Ohio State. And you can't, can't leave this game without mentioning Scott Frost is a fraud. And also, Adrian Martinez is a guy that Tennessee recruited for quarterback. Say he goes to Nebraska and Scott Frost system. I I said this uh, talking to Peter last night, and I'll say it again. Boy, Adrian Martinez made Jared Garantano, Tennessee's quarterback, look like an all-pro quarterback with how he played against Ohio State. And you guys, if you guys have kept up with how I feel about Tennessee this year and Garantano and on Twitter, yeah, that says a whole lot about how Martinez played in this game. So moving on to a couple of Pac-12 matchups. Washington State at Utah, of course, we went with the one of our favorite coaches in Mike Leach. Matt went against the grain and went with Utah, and Washington State ended up losing this game big time, 38-13. to Utah's defense showed up. Utah's offense showed up as well. Washington State could just not get anything going on offense, so... Washington State loses that one, and Mike Leach's comments after the game were perfect. <laughs> Guys, imagine if he was coach of Tennessee. Imagine his comments about Garantano and everybody there. Oh, boy. God doesn't hold back. But Washington State gets blown out in that one. Another Pac-12 matchup, number 21, USC at number 17, Washington. And USC, of course, they're a team that's been inconsistent whenever we picked them. If we pick them, they lose. If we don't pick them, they win. Something crazy like that. Matt decides, decided to go pick in USC. Washington, I really like Jacob Eason. If you remember, he played at Georgia. He transferred out. He's playing this year. He's looked good. He's one of the quarterbacks I'm looking at for reasons concerning the Tennessee Titans. And yes, I know Mariota has looked pretty decent to start out the season, but I'm still looking at other quarterbacks to see if we do have to move on this, uh, if we do have to move off of Mariota, that Eason is one of the guys I may be looking at to replace him down the line. It, you know what, a little NFL side note, the Buccaneers' times are playing in a few weeks. First time Winston and Mariota will have played against each other since week one of their rookie years when Mariota and the Titans massacred the Bucs. Uh, Peter and I joked, whoever wins that game gets to stay another year. <laughs> whoever wins that game gets to stay another year with that team. And they get to wait another year to find out whether they're still going to be on the team or not. So <laughs> that's going to be that's going to be interesting. But Easton is one of those guys, and he looked great. He's looked great this whole season. Washington ends up winning that one, 28-14. Moving on to number 18, Virginia at number 10, Notre Dame. Of course, Notre Dame came off of the loss at Georgia the previous week. They played them tough. And they played Virginia, who has surprised some people, and their rank, they started off pretty good. Notre Dame's defense got after Virginia, I believe, having eight or nine sacks, which I think was a record or something. And Notre Dame wins that matchup 35-20. to 20, And that Notre Dame is probably going to be moving back up steadily into the top ten. 
So Notre Dame wins that one. And then looking at a couple of our bonus, uh, looking at our bonus in a weekly jackpot, our bonus was how many points does Jim Hot Seat Harbaugh's Michigan Wolverines beat Rutgers by this week? And you know what? Peter got it. Got got it right in fifty-two to nothing. His prediction was twenty-four, and since he was the closest, he gets it right. Matt, he gets he loses points this week because he had a late pick for the Penn State game, making his pick on Friday night. When side note, the Penn State game was Friday night, so he could have just looked at the score. <laughs> oh man, poor Matt. And then the bonus one, he put Jim Harbaugh. He's put, he doesn't win, so he loses a point. And Matt, and Peter had a good consultant, an unbiased uh, party in this one, i.e. Rebecca, Matt's girlfriend. And he asked her, should he talk a point for this? And he basically said, this equates to Matt picking <laughs> the Dolphins over the Chargers. And uh, she was like, yeah, take a point off from, sorry, Matt, you lose this one. So, I, and I lost this one as well. I said 20, so Peter gets this bonus right. And the weekly jackpot. Any college football game, or what is the exact final score? We didn't get any right. If we did, it was worth five points, so ours were wrong. UCF did beat UConn. That was Peter's pick, but not by that score. Jacksonville State didn't beat Austin P. although that's kind of close to, uh, although Matt's score, 48-20, to 20, is kind of close to the actual score, just opposite. Then I went with Wisconsin and Northwestern, 35-7, to 7, and Northwestern kept up one close. But uh, Wisconsin ended up prevailing, and of course, I was hoping it would go my way. It was like uh, I, early on, I was like, "This isn't going to go my way." So none of us get the bonus this week. So this week's bonus is worth ten points. And moving on to week number six, the Peter game of the week. So Penn State and Purdue. Of course, this is uh, yeah Peter's thoughts. Of course, the this game. I believe Penn State is favored by 27 and a half points. So they are not giving Purdue any chance to make some noise in this game. So with that being said, I am going to go with Penn State as well. Peter goes with Penn State. Matt still hasn't made his picks. So guys, probably he's going to make his picks on Friday night as usual and be late on one of these. So Penn State, I have winning that game. Moving on to LSU at Utah, this is the Matt game of the week since neither Mike Leach nor Herm Edwards are playing this week. So, number five, LSU at Utah State. Jordan Love is another quarterback that I'm looking at to see if he can be something that the Titans could scout and maybe take a chance on in the draft. LSU is a 28-point favorite, and me and Peter both really like LSU in this game. The Ryan game of the week, guys, the live funeral it's what I've been talking about. Number three, Georgia at Tennessee. And guys, you know what? I I may be biased, but you know what? I'm going with Tennessee. No, no, no. I'm going, I'm going with Georgia here. That's exactly how I have it in the spreadsheet, too. Uh, I Joke. Georgia's going to roll. How's the line? Unless I checked, the line was 25, 25 and a half. How is this line not any bigger? What is Vegas thinking? Kirby Smart said the other day that Tennessee's on the brink of something special. Like, what? Curry Smart, are, what are you on? I mean, I would love to have your enthusiasm and be a sunshine pumper as much as you, but really? Is there anything special that we're on the brink of? Maybe being the worst team in Tennessee history, maybe. 
But other than that, I don't see what you're talking about, Kirby Smart. So Georgia's going to roll in this one. You guys are going to see a funeral. You don't, you don't get to see that many times on live TV. Next, the Ivy League game of the week, Columbia against Princeton. Princeton, no in-depth analysis there. I, I do know, I think Princeton won last week. So Princeton, just by the fact that I, I think they, I thought they won last week, I think they'll win this week. Number 18, UCF at Cincinnati, an athletic conference matchup. Central Florida is favored by four on the road. Cincinnati was a team we talked about in our previews, a team that maybe could surprise some people in the AAC. So, I don't, I don't really buy it. I think UCF, even though they've, they've struggled a little bit this year, they, they're still ranked. They have a number next to their name. They're favored by four, so give me UCF, and Peter takes UCF as well. Number six, Oklahoma at Kansas. Les Miles is going to get killed two weeks in a row. Good grief. Uh, Oklahoma is going to roll in this one. I'm trying to find how much Oklahoma is favored by. And last I checked, it was much. Yeah, 33 points. So, yeah, Oklahoma is going to roll in this one. Really love Jalen Hurts. He is another guy I'm looking at. And, of course, it could be, like, is it Lincoln Riley system or stuff like that? I'm intrigued by Jalen Hurts as a possibility that the Titans could take in the draft. So, the, those are those are the three quarterbacks I'm looking at: Eason, Love, and Hurts, and I'm ex- and Oklahoma's going to roll this one. He's going to look great in this one. Number eleven, Texas at West Virginia, another Big Twelve matchup. I'm going with the Longhorns. West Virginia, they're three and one. Surprisingly, I didn't know that we didn't know this. And West Virginia, I believe they're eleven point underdogs at home. Last I checked, and so Texas. I think they get the big win here on the road in the Big 12 and get things rolling for the matchup in a couple weeks with the Red River rivalry with Texas and Oklahoma. Moving on to a Pac-12 matchup, California at Oregon. Of course, Cal fell out of the rankings. Oregon's number 13. The Pac-12, it's dead, guys. Nobody's going to make the playoff from the Pac-12 unless something stupid and crazy happens. Nobody's going to make it. But Oregon, they're, they've looked pretty good. Justin Herbert has looked really great. I know a lot of these teams that are losing in the NFL, like Bengals, Dolphins, Redskins, they might be uh, – I don't care if the Redskins drafted Haskins. You saw what happened with Josh Rosen. Anything can, can happen. And I like how Herbert has looked. And so Herbert went uh, – and the Ducks won this one. They're 18-point favorites at home against Cal – of course, Cal starting their backup quarterback. So, yeah, if if Cal's starting quarterback was playing, the line probably wouldn't be as big. It's probably still be double digits, maybe about 10. But uh, since Cal has a backup quarterback in there, yeah, it's probably looking like Oregon's going to roll in this one. Moving on to a couple ACC matchups, Virginia Tech and Miami. Virginia Tech has looked awful. It's straight awful. I, I love the possibilities that they had when Justin Fuente went there. Looked strong for the first couple of years. Now, just kind of like a head scratcher. Like, what's going on? And Miami, it's Miami. <laughs> they're, they're one of the crazy teams out there. Nobody knows what's going on with them. But Miami is favored in this game. So, I put Miami with question marks. So, we're, we're both going with Miami to win this one. Pittsburgh at Duke. 
or as I like to call it, Danny Dimes alma mater. That's right, guys. I I am a star, I am starting a church, the Church of Daniel Jones, Danny Dimes. The Church of Baker might burn down soon, uh, according to Peter, with everything that's going on with the Browns. So stay tuned for that one, everybody. But Duke against Pitt. Duke is five point favorites at home. I like Duke. They've been a pretty decent team to start out the season. Of course, Pitt, <laughs> they almost beat Penn State, and they clobbered UCF. And then what they do? They went a close one to Delaware, which means UCF lost a team that barely won against Delaware. So a couple of losses for them. Give me Duke to win in this game against Pitt. Air Force at Navy. Navy, not as strong of a team as in years past, but I really like the same. Air Force, I believe, is favored in this game, two and a half. But I like Navy to win this one. The triple option gets going here. Number 25, Ohio State, and number four, Ohio State. I think this is where game day is at this week. And Ohio State, they are huge favorites. Looking at the line, like, yeah, the 20-point favorites against Michigan State. Really huge favorites over another ranked team. Michigan State's defense has got to show up if they want to have a chance saying this game. I don't think they are. So, Ohio State, me and Peter, Ohio State's going to roll over Michigan State this one. Number 14, Iowa at number 19, Michigan. (sighs) Harbaugh really needs this one. I'm giving it to them, but if they lose, I will not be shocked. They're only three-and-a-half-point favorites over Iowa. Iowa, they've looked like a solid team this year. Peter's going with Iowa. I went with Michigan, or as I put them, the Fighting Khakis. So, there we go. And then the big one, a top-ten matchup, number seven, Auburn, at number ten, Florida. Auburn's look really good. As I mentioned, they're three-point favorites in this game looking at what Vegas has. And Kyle Trask, he's looked good, but he's played a couple nobodies. And, yes, I know I'm referring to Tennessee as a nobody. I'm willing to accept that right now at, at the at the current state of the program is right now. So he's looked good, but this is going to be his first real test, and it's against a defense that is awesome. And I'm giving this win to Auburn on the road, big road win. Whoever wins this one, Moves on to 6-0, but Auburn, they win this one. They're 6-0, and and we could be heading towards a clash of a couple top five teams playing in the Iron Bowl with Alabama and Auburn. The game is at Auburn this year, so that's going to be a fun one. Last day of November, last game of the season. If both those teams are undefeated, that's going to be a fun matchup, but Auburn wins this one at Florida, wins a big road test with that defense and a freshman quarterback. And then our bonus, this is one, and we have a couple here. This this was a new one that we came up with last night on the spot. And basically, this was a poll I saw on Twitter done by somebody. What will happen first on Sunday on Saturday during the Tennessee-Georgia game? The choices were a horrible Garantano interception, a mind-boggling Georgia touchdown, a key volunteer player injured, which I don't know what constitutes as a key player for us. I, I, don't, I don't even know at this point. Or a big Tennessee touchdown called back. Of course, that would happen. But that one and the mind-boggling Georgia touchdown tie for second. A horrible Jared Garantano interception one for first, which is what I voted for. 
And so what did me and Peter go with? So I went with, of course, the Garantano interception on this one. It's going to be a terrible pick. It's going to be like the interception that Dak threw. It's going to be like the almost interception that Dak threw in the game Sunday night where he threw it in quadruple coverage against the Saints. <laughs> Not a smart decision, Dak, so it's probably going to happen in this one. I'm going with that one. Peter, he mentions big Tennessee touchdown brought back by penalty. That's his pick. Of course, I wouldn't be surprised if you guys know the rule. The the ball gets knocked out of the end zone. It's a touchback, and the other team gets it. Yeah, I would not be surprised if that happens too. We somehow get a touchdown. We have hope, and we find out the ball is punched out in the end zone. And it goes Georgia, and we don't get any points. So, yeah. Uh, moving on to bonus. Peter has this one. It's right a number that you think will be in the final score in an FBS game this week. Peter goes with 24. And I, with the Tennessee game in mind, picked 50. And no, it's going to be Georgia that's going to be scoring 50. This is going to be a blowout, guys. I mentioned, I cannot stress this enough. This is going to be a massacre. <laughs> and then the weekly jackpot and college football game, what is the exact final score? Peter's going with a Miami-Virginia Tech game on this one. He's going with Miami 24-10. to 10. Both offenses are not that good. So both he thinks both offenses are going to struggle, as do I. He goes with that score. And I'm going with Penn State over, defeating Purdue 42-7. The line is at 27.5, basically 28. I'll give Penn State another touchdown to uh, to make this one 42-7, make it a 35-point win. You guys, I struggled with this when we were recording with last night. You guys know I suck at math, so there's that. I think Penn State well uncovers uh, this game. So there is college football. All right, now let's move on to the NFL. The last thing we got to get to on this week's show. So, guys, let's recap what happened in the NFL this past week. Of course, we got the Thursday night game. Matt didn't have a pick for it because, of course, he doesn't. Uh, Packers and Eagles. The Eagles, they needed this one because they had, they've looked lackluster to start off the season at 1-2. and two. But they get the big win here. At Green Bay against a defense that a lot of people have been praising for the moves that Green Bay has made during the offseason. You unfortunately had a couple of players carted off during this game. Devontae Adams went gangbusters really the whole game, but really the first quarter. Had over 100 yards. Eagles couldn't stop him. Went out with a toe injury. I think he might be good to go. There's still, uh, there's still a little bit of doubt whether he's going to get the play, so that's going to be a big one as Packers got another big game this week against another NFC East team. So the Eagles, they get the big road win here at Lambeau, 34-27. They moved to 2-2. Two and two. They really needed need this one to get back on track, and so they do. So they move on to 2-2, two and two, and the Packers can get their first loss of the season. Next game, the Centennial game. The Chargers against the Dolphins. Thankfully, Matt did pick the Chargers to win this one, but guys, at one point or another, the Dolphins were leading this in this game. It was wild. And Peter made a comment that Josh Rosen, he actually looked like he knew what he was doing. It's just like it, the other players around him suck. And he's kind of right. Maybe Rosen does have it. Maybe he's just in the talent round because in Arizona, there's no talent with them. And Miami, there's no talent with them. They're trying to actively lose games. But he looked decent. But the Chargers, 
They win this one 30-10. I don't know if Melvin Gordon played this game, but I'm assuming he's going to get to play in their game next week. Uh, I, let me check who they're playing next week. If he does, I don't think he's going to get a whole lot of touches, just enough to you know get him going. So they play the Broncos next week. They're six and a half point favorites in that one. So you might get to see a little bit of Melvin Gordon that one, especially with the news that Bradley Chubb is out for the rest of the year for the Broncos. The Broncos just keep on taking losses, partially torn ACL. Hate to see that for a young pass rusher of his talent. So you might see some Melvin Gordon next week. Uh, moving on from the Centennial game to the Cardinals against uh, pull up spreadsheet again. The Cardinals at Bengals. Uh, okay, no that. Okay, so no, that's actually that this week's game. Uh, signed up for that week's game. Uh, Cardinals win that one. Get that game sucks. So the Cardinals are gonna win that. Are gonna win that one. I'd like to tell more on Arizona side. We found out Monday night, Andy Andy, Andy Dolan does indeed now suck a lot. The reason why the Bengals are probably looking for a new quarterback. And he got sacked eight times against the Steelers defense. So, so the Patriots and Bills. There we go. Patriots and Bills. This was a close game. This was a defensive battle. Brady did not look the best. Josh Allen went out, suffered a head injury. Looks like he's not going to get to play. Next week against the Tynes, it looks like it's going to be Matt Barkley. And this is a defensive battle. The Patriots' defense looks spectacular. Special teams, defense, that's how they won it. And they win this one 16-10. And so the Bills now get their first loss of this new season. Chiefs at Lions. This one was more close than expected. The Lions now 2-1-1. The Lions actually looked pretty decent. The defense held up. Mahomes didn't have a passing touchdown. All the touchdowns the Chiefs scored were rushing touchdowns. And so the Chiefs win this one 34-30. Mahomes didn't make a couple big plays with his legs late to help the Chiefs get in position to be able to win this game. But the Lions, they proved a lot to a lot of people. They kept up with the Chiefs. They did not let the Chiefs beat them. They did not let Mahomes throw for any big touchdowns. And that's what you got to do. But altogether, the Chiefs still won the game 34-30. So the Chiefs, they are still undefeated. Although this game was a lot closer than expected. And it had a bunch of fumbles in there. It had a bunch of fumbles in it going on. But it was a fun game. Chiefs win that one. A surprise game. Raiders beat the Colts. That one was surprising. Another surprise game. The Buccaneers and the Rams. Jeff Jared Goff threw 68 times and almost like 500 uh, over 500 yards, but he had four turnovers, three picks, one fumble, and the running game. I don't know what it is with the Rams. Todd Gurley season uh, uh, career low in attempts rushing with like five or something. I don't know. And it, I I don't know what's going on with the Rams running game. Nobody does. It's a huge question mark. This isn't the same Rams team that we have been accustomed to the last couple of years. And I, m- me, I'm still wondering about the Todd Gurley injury, whether that's still lingering and whether he's still trying to recover a little bit from that. But the Bucks, they came out with the fireworks. 
put up 55 points with Jameis Winston. Of course, you get a good game. And, of course, with Win- Jameis, you- you'll get good Jameis, and then you'll get bad Jameis. It's like Jekyll and Hyde here. You'll you'll get good Jameis one game where he looks spectacular and like, huh, I think the Bucks are probably going to keep him. And then another game, he looks awful and throws like four picks. Like, the Bucks need to move off of this guy. But the Buccaneers get the big win at L.A. against the Rams, 55-40. to So that one was surprising. We didn't pick that one, but just a couple of surprising games. Redskins at Giants. Case Keenum, he got pulled. Dwayne Haskins went in against a lack, really bad Giants defense. Didn't look all that great. The Giants ended up winning this one by the score of 24-3. It looks like Jay Gruden's probably going to be out as Redskins coach too. Stephen A. Smith was saying it looks like it's probably going to happen sooner rather than later. And here's my thing. Why fire the guy the week you're going to play the Patriots and let the interim guy have a crack at the Patriots? That just sets up the interim guy for failure. So wait wait another week. Fire Jay Gruden next week after you lose to the Patriots. It makes a lot more sense. So looks like we got our first NFL head coach fired this season, everybody. So gear up. There's probably going to be a few of them out there. So everybody, this is the first of many probably. Moving on to our next game that we picked. The Browns at the Ravens, this one was a sad game for Matt. If you saw on Twitter, this is the first time this year that he's thrown his Ravens hat across the room. And if you know that happens, the Ravens got beat pretty handily. And they did. 40-25. to Lamar threw a few picks. The defense for the Ravens, you don't know what's going on with them. And the Browns, Nick Chubb, That's they gave the ball to Nick Chubb and let him put in work, and that's what he did. Had a great day rushing the ball. Baker, solid day. Odell, not that big of a day. Jarvis Landry had a huge day, getting over 100 yards receiving. But Nick Chubb was a standout of the day, and the Browns beat the Ravens 40-25, to and I believe they're leading the AFC North right now. So they are in first place. Uh, of course, you get the Steelers winning on Monday night, and uh, that game sucked. 27-3 over the Bengals. I mentioned earlier, eight sacks against the Bengals against Andy Dalton. Uh, just really, and John Ross is now going to miss a few weeks for the Bengals. So yeah, Bengals suck. Steelers, you, I guess you got what you want out of Mason Rudolph. Beat, check down Rudolph as Peter mentioned last night. 24-28, about 229 yards passing and a couple touchdowns. James Conner. Looked pretty, pretty solid. And the defense came up huge for them, getting eight sacks, as mentioned. And so the Steelers get the win there. That was a Monday night game. So the Browns are now leading the AFC North at 2-2, two and two, just like we all predicted. Seahawks at Cardinals. Jadavian Clowney gets a pick six here. Russell Wilson has just a okay day at the office. But nonetheless, they get the win over the Cardinals here, 27-10. to 10. Vikings at Bears. Classic NFC North matchup here. Mitch Trubisky looks like he's not going to get to play in the London game against the Raiders next this upcoming week. So he's going to be out with a dislocated shoulder. So it's going to be Chase Daniels to be helming the Bears this Sunday. He came in, did pretty well against the Vikings, did what he needed to do. Vikings deep offense could not get anything going. Cousins had a couple bad missed throws. Kept on getting sacked by the Bears' defense. They kept getting after him. I believe it was the most time he'd been sacked or hit in a game ever. So you don't want that out of your Vikings offensive line. 
Bears defense looks awesome. They win this one 16-6. Cowboys at Saints. Cowboys couldn't really get anything going. Only one touchdown scored by Zeke, but Zeke still had a rough day at the office. Only, only, the only scoring 12-10, 12, 12 Saints win. Dak gave the Cowboys a chance to win the game with a couple of big long Hail Marys, but obviously didn't work. That fell through. So in the end, guys, we get a five field goal game on Sunday night football. So the Saints, Tay Bridgewater, he does what he needs to do. And the Cowboys move on. They get this win. They move on to to the Bucks this upcoming week. And the Cowboys, they move on to the Packers next week. And then, of course, the Bengals-Steelers game. We went with the Steelers there. So just to update the standings, Peter, he got the Packers, Bills, Ravens, Vikings, Cowboys wrong. He picked the tie for the Steelers-Bengals game. But honestly, can you blame him without the Steelers have performed this year? Matt, he didn't pick one for the Packers-Eagles. He got the Chargers, Patriots, Chiefs, Giants, Seahawks, Saints, Steelers right while getting the Ravens, Vikings wrong. I got the Packers, Ravens, Cowboys wrong. I got everything else right. I am winning the NFL section of our picks. Peter is winning the college football portion of our picks. 74 75, like, wait, how does that make sense when you take when I mentioned Matt only has 57 out of 75 and I only have 59 out of 75? Like, wait, how does that work? Well, guys, the stupid rule of bonus points in the, for this year. That's how. BYU helped them out, so that's how Peter is somehow winning college football 74-75, and he's dead last in the NFL. Matt's second, I'm first. So now, moving on to this week's picks. The first game, Rams at Seahawks on Thursday Night Football. The line has moved back and forth with the line being about one, one and a half in favor of either team. And looking at the line now, the line is right now one and a half in Seattle's favor, although it opened at one and a half in the Rams' favor. Me and Peter are both going with the Seahawks, but I did make mention to Peter, this kind of actually helps Jared Goff, but because it doesn't let the game against the Bucks send into his mind too long, a snap and clear mentality, Snap, clear the Bucks game. You're moving on to Seattle this week. Probably the best thing for him instead of just waiting until Sunday for this to happen. Like, no, gotta go back to work. Go back, gotta go back to the lab and figure out how to fix this thing. So I, I still think the Seahawks will win, but not a terrible thing for Jared Goff and the Rams here. Come uh, having a short week. Next, the Centennial game. I didn't even know it, it was the Centennial game. Bills and Bucks, Music City Miracle. And yes, people, it was a lateral pass. It, 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 it was good. There's no arguing there. So the times they're 2-2, two two, Bills 3-1, Matt Barkley starting. A couple of interesting stats on Mariota that I found surprising. So he's the only quarterback this year, starting quarterback, that hasn't thrown an interception. He has seven touchdowns. And he last year, he had five passes of 40 yards or more. He's already topped that through the first four games. And he's only second behind Patrick Mahomes. I don't know. Maybe you guys have heard of him. Uh, kind of a big deal in Kansas City. So, yeah, a couple interesting stats there. A couple receivers that made big plays against Falcons. You hope that stays consistent in defense. I really like the Titans here to win this game, and so does Peter. And, of course, Matt still hasn't make his pick set, so we'll wait on those. The Cardinals, I'm being able to mention that one. That game sucks. We're going with me and Peter both with the Cardinals. Buccaneers at Saints. Now, of course, 
Bucks are coming off the huge win at the Rams, and then the Saints coming off a huge win at home against the Cowboys. Looking at the line for this one, it's three and a half in favor of New Orleans. Who knows if we get bad Jameis this week? I, I the Saints defense has held up really well. Looks like Marshawn Lattimore, when he wants to be, can be one one of the best corners in the league, if not the best. And probably going to be on Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, one of those two guys. So, guys, I think Tay Bridgewater gets it done again for the Saints this week. And I think the Saints get the win, and Peter does as well. Moving on to the Matt and Peter Bowl. Ravens at Steelers. <laughs> Peter originally went the Ravens. But you know what? He changed his mind. He's like, yeah, screw it. He's going with the Steelers to win this one. I am going with the Ravens. I think we kind of know where Matt's going to go with this one with the Ravens. But the game right now, Baltimore is a three-and-a-half point favorite. And listen, the Bengals' offense is not like the Ravens' offense. And I think the Ravens' offense finds their stride again against the Steelers. And they get this one against the Steelers. Then the Jaguars at Panthers game. The battle between uh, the guy who looks like Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite and the guy, the kid who's in the Cam Newton commercial. And you know what? I'm going with the kid that was in the Cam Newton commercial. He was in that commercial for a reason. <laughs> As Destiny would have it. He, he would, of course, be the quarterback of the Panthers while Cam Newton is out hurt. Peter's going with the Jaguars here. So we'll see what that game goes. Looking at the line, Carolina is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. So uh, give them the points there because they're at home. I see that this one can go either way, but I'm going with the Panthers this one. And moving on to the next game that we have on the docket for this week, Vikings at Giants. And the Vikings are looking to bounce back coming off of last week. Guys, I mentioned this earlier. I'm starting the church of Danny Dimes. Peter made the joke, if they don't put dimes in the collection plate, something goes wrong and they get angry at you. So I'm going with the Giants here to win this game against the Vikings. I wouldn't be surprised if the Vikings won this game at all. But, and looking at the line, the Vikings are five and a half point favorites. But Daniel Jones has looked pretty decent here to start out, and start out as the starting quarterback for the Giants. And still no Saquon. So, I'm going with the Giants here. Peter's going with the Vikings. So, we'll see how this game turns out. We, we get 10 early afternoon games this week. Only two late afternoon games. Something's weird with that schedule. There's no reason why we should have 10 early afternoon games and only have two late games in the afternoon. One of those games is Packers at Cowboys. Packers, Cowboys both looking to bounce back after taking week four losses. And looking at the lines, the Cowboys are right now the favorite for this game at three and a half. You're hoping the running game gets going with Zeke again. Mark Cooper was shut down during the Saints game by Marshawn Lattimore. So you're hoping you get him going again. This game, I it's going to be a good game, but this game, the defenses are going to rule out and they're going to try to they're going to stop the other team's offenses. I expect a low-scoring game, but I expect the the Cowboys to actually cover that three and a half and to win this game against the Packers. And Peter picks the Cowboys to win this one as well. The Sunday night game, the Colts 
at Chiefs. Colts obviously taking a loss against the Raiders last week. Chiefs winning a close one against the Lions. The line has moved up since we recorded last night. It's now up to 11 in favor of the Chiefs. I will take all of that. The Chiefs, I think, are going to win this game. They, the offense finds a strategy again. Mahomes is not going to have another game where he doesn't throw a touchdown. He's going to throw for about three or four here against the Colts, which I believe there's no Malik Hooker, a star secondary play for the Colts. Uh, and Jacob Brissett has looked fine to start out, and Marlon Mack is a little bit banged up for him. So I think the Chiefs are going to win this one, and they will stay undefeated. And then the Monday night game, the 49ers against the Browns. 49ers are favored by three and a half. And uh, by the way, Peter's going with the Chiefs on that one, uh, on the Chiefs-Colts game. Me and Peter are going with the 49ers on this one. The Browns, it's a question mark every week about what what this team does. And I think the thing with the Browns here is rely on Nick Chubb. Even though the offensive line is not as good as you want it to be, Chubb is a really good back. And if you run your offense through him, and you have guys like Odell and Jarvis Landry make plays on the outside, if you don't have Njoku there, that hurts. But I think you run the offense through Chubb. Regardless, I think, and Peter thinks the 49ers, Get the win here. The 49ers have looked solid to start out the season. And Jimmy G's look pretty solid. And it, Matt Breida, they're th- right now they are 3-0 three and, three and oh right now. They had a bye week. They play the Browns this week. I think they win this one. They move on to 4-0. The offenses look pretty steady for them. Scoring 31-41, then 24 against the Steelers. And their game week three. So I think the 49ers are going to win this game and beat the Browns, go to 4-0. The Browns, they're going to move to 2-3. And And if that's the case, if the Ravens win and the Browns lose and the Ravens move back up to the AFC North, top of that division, which means happy Matt Mormon again, everybody. So that's that's week number five in the NFL. We're already week five. Goodness. Already in October. And so that's week five, everybody, and that's going to do it for this week's podcast. Again, thank you to Peter for helping us, helping me out with audio situation. Go find him at the actual Peter on Twitter and all and Instagram and all those platforms. Find me at RyanViews573 on Twitter. Go check out the Views account as well at Views573Pod. And that'll do it. Thank you to Anchor for sponsoring this week's show, as always, as well as the entertainment show. Go check out that channel out, guys, on Apple on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, wherever you guys prefer, or YouTube, if you prefer that route, Podcast from the 573. Go like, subscribe, and follow all of those platforms, whichever one you prefer to keep up with all this action coming from us here, whether it's at Views or Entertainment. So that being said, guys, thank you for tuning in, and we will talk to you guys next time.